Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday. And of course, we have a lot to get to for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. There's always something to talk about with the Penguins. We're going to preview the game against Vegas on Friday. Um, Why Robin Leonard is probably not going to play. So the Penguins are probably going to get either their backup or the backup to the backup. We're also going to get to some Mike Matheson talk. It looks like he might be available come tomorrow night. Penguins signed another college free agent today. Going to get into some of his numbers. Get my thoughts on that. And Valtteri Pustinen. He was called up today in a move that definitely surprised me because the team is relatively fully healthy right now of all of that, plus much more, especially Crystal Tang's contract status coming up for today's episode. You're locked on Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You're going to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for listening, well, making this your first listening season. It's been a while. <clears throat> since I screwed that up. Again, I'm wearing another Virginia Tech shirt. They got another win at the ACC tournament tonight against Notre Dame. Hopefully that's enough to send them into the dance, but you know who knows at this point with the NCAA committee. Um, the bubble is a very um, annoying place to be, um, to say the least. But you know, enough of that. Let's get into the hockey talk. Um, we'll start out today with some news from practice. Um, Mike Matheson, as I teased, he was back in a full contact capacity. This was his first time back uh, fully practicing with the team. He wasn't picking his usual, <clears throat> excuse me, line rushes. He was kind of on, I think the bottom pairing with P.O. Joseph, but I'm not really going to read too much into that. Sullivan did say after practice that they're going to see how he responds tomorrow and then make a decision from there. So he was not ruled out of the game on Friday though. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if they are going to play it a little safe for him and then maybe he'll come back on Sunday against Carolina, but it is good news because especially, you know, he was week to week, at the start of the injury, but I believe he's only going to miss what two, two weeks. If that, you know, honestly it might be, be a week and a half. It, yeah. I believe it's close to two weeks. So it could have been a lot worse. Matheson said to the media today that he had been playing with this injury for about three to four games before it really just got worse. And then he had to come out and he had to get treatment on it, but to have him come back, that's going to be a big deal. I know Mark Friedman is probably going to come out of the lineup. He's been really good, but you know, Matheson has just been that much better this year. And, you know, it, it makes the Penguins that much healthier, to say the least. So really excited about that. Now, there was something else that happened to practice today. And in case any of you all did not see it on social media, um, you come here for the news. Uh, the Penguins decided to have Kasperi Kapanen out of line rushes. Um, he was kind of mixing in a little bit on the fourth line. But Brian Boyle was kind of taking his spot. Dominic Simone was in there as well. Um, I, I think it was Evan Rodriguez um, that was on the second line with Evgeny Malkin and you know, with Valtteri Pustinen's call up today, I think Kapanen's getting scratched tomorrow. Um, I think Mike Sullivan has had it. I think the organization is fed up. I know what Brian Burke said to Josh Yoey of the Athletic a couple of days ago when he said, "Yeah, you know, he's just he's having a rough year." We have, I mean, he he didn't really crush him, but I think he let everyone know that the, that you know the management is not happy with how he's playing. I understand the guy's in a slump, but this is a results oriented business. If you're not playing well. And you're not getting the results out of a player that, you know, eats up three and a half million against your cap when the trade deadline is in, in almost a week and a half now, it's gotta be some tough decisions. 
And I don't know if this is going to be the thing that clicks for him now, now that he's out of the lineup or something. This has got to be one of the first times he's been scratched since he became an NHL regular. But, um, you know, it, it is something now that, you know, Sully's really much thinking about scratching happening. And, you know, I, I, my first thought when Pustin was called up, I was like, okay, is there maybe a trade coming? Because they have 13 forwards. I know Jason Zucker is the only one that's not healthy. It was just a bit weird because, you know, why, why would you be calling up a forward, you know, when you're mostly healthy? But I, I personally think he could be playing on Friday. Um, I know Brian Boyle has really impressed a lot of people this year. I know he was taking part in line rushes, but I still want to see what this kid can do at the NHL level. He's been Wilkes-Barre's best player this year. Um, he's close, I think, to a point per game, if I remember uh, if I remember correctly. Um, leads the team in goals as well. He, he's really lit it up down there. And he's probably their best forward prospect on that team right now. And, you know, I, I think it's about time he does deserve a shot. You know, he, maybe he'll play in the bottom six to start. I don't think they're going to start him off on Evgeny Malkin's wing. That might be a little too much because, you know, he's barely even played in the NHL, of course. But, you know, it, it makes sense. You know, with how Evgeny Malkin's line, there's just been so much turnover there. And he hasn't had consistent line mates all year. You know, I guess, I guess what the hell not? Um, though I I know I just said a couple of seconds ago I wouldn't expect it, but if he were to somehow be on that second line, I also wouldn't mind it at the same time just because you know they, they've tried so much already this year, um, I guess. But you know, I again I know Boyle's played well, I know Simone's been fine, but it's about time this team starts getting more depth scoring. If he can provide that that would be huge. You know, I know Brian Burke has said as well, you know, maybe our best options are internal. Well, they're, they're obviously trying this right now. You know, I, I don't know how aggressive Ron Hextall wants to be at the deadline. You know, I know Josh Yeo and a couple other reporters, you know, myself included on the podcast, we, we want the team to, you know, go all in and be aggressive. I, mean, I know the team is all in, but, you know, you got to go out and make a move or something like that. But, you know, this is probably one of the options that they have. And if this doesn't work, and he doesn't score for the next few games. If if he does play these next few games, you know I think Ron and Brian are going to say, okay, you know maybe we will have to go outside um, the organization and look for some help. You know if they're still on, I guess the edge about it. So definitely was a bit surprised by the call up, but you know I guess looking at it as well, you know it it definitely has its pros if he does play because he was called up earlier this season. I made a big deal out of it on one of my episodes, and he didn't end up playing. Now. When the team has 13 fully healthy forwards, Jason Zucker is probably a couple weeks down the line. He's being called up. Something's got to be coming, um, at least with a healthy scratch with Kapanen. And, you know, I I hope that Pustinen does come in because, you know, with how he has played in Wilkes-Barre, it it does make a lot of sense. So those are the two big things to come out of practice today. Um, we'll see what Mike Matheson's status will be tomorrow. I would assume he'll be a game time decision, though. I also could see Mike Sullivan saying, you know what? I'm going to keep him out for a game, have have him do another full contact practice, see how he responds to that. And then, you know, potentially play him on Sunday against Carolina. But Matheson's return, um, is very imminent. And again, this will, this, this team will only be one injured player away from being fully healthy. I'm just going to knock on wood. Um, for you all there. So again, those were the full practice updates today. Um, now there was another de- decently sized news, um, I guess from the penguins. Day. And it's not the crystal tank stuff. I'm going to get to that, um, a little later on in the episode, but they agreed to 
terms, if I can find the beautiful tweet here. Um, yes, here it is. Uh, college free agent forward, Corey. Uh, uh, okay, I'm just, I do not want to screw up his name because I screwed up Louis Deming's name at the earlier part of the season. And I'm not going to do this here. So Corey Andovsky, I, I was very free and painless. I just, I get very nervous that I'm going to screw up names on the show. Um, it is a two-year entry-level contract. Contract's going to begin during the 2022-2023 season. He's going to report to Wilkes-Barre on an amateur tryout contract. Um, again, as I said about a week or two ago, anytime a team that's in contention get and get a prospect for free, you do it. You know, you don't have to give up anything to get a player like this. I mean, he's not going to, you know, count for anything against the cap unless you um, bring in a lot. It's a two-year deal. So, again, I'm totally fine with this. Um, you know, it looks like he's had a pretty decent year um, as well. He, I believe he was um, his college's leading scorer this year. Yeah, Princeton, 10 goals, 22 points in 31 games. I know Princeton is not, is not usually, um, you know, good. At hockey, but you know the fact that he's averaging almost a point per game on a pretty bad team—that's um, th- that shows something at least to me. I'll be curious to see how he does on a trial with Wilkesbury. But again, anytime you can add to the, your prospect pool for free when you don't have a lot of prospects, you do it. You know, I know some people are making a big deal out of this. Well, you know, Ron's adding a lot of prospects. You know, maybe he's sending some out. You know, I, I don't know if that's truly going to be the case. Um, I think he just sees the opportunity to add to a pretty barren pool. And, you know, he, you, know you, you take those anytime you can, um, at least in my opinion. Now, coming up in the next segment, we're going to go do a full preview for the Vegas Golden Knights. Jack Eichel will be in the lineup um, on Friday. Mark Stone will not go into the results lately and why um, this team has definitely not been the same Golden Knights team as old. But before we do that, it's that time of year again. It's college basketball's tournament. Yes, March Madness is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's also not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, Penguins Knights on Friday. Remember, the Penguins uh, erased a three goal deficit when they played Vegas earlier this year in Las Vegas. And, you know, that's usually a building that um, it's very hard to win in, but the Penguins were able to really turn it up on Vegas those last 40 minutes. They outplayed them very badly and got rewarded as such. Um, with a win. So tonight, um, Vegas is actually playing Buffalo right now. It's funny enough, it is Jack Eichel's return um to um Buffalo. If I can find you a Buffalo, as of right now, they're up one to nothing on Vegas. Um obviously Buffalo is booing Eichel. I don't really know why. I kind of think that's just a bit of BS. But you know, for Vegas this year, you know, Robin Leonard's all, all obviously been the starter, but you know, he's been, you know, he hasn't been as good as he normally is. I mean, he's sure he saved almost eight goals above expected, but only a 909 save percentage, 2.77 goals against average. He will not be in the lineup though for Vegas. He was actually sent back home uh, for further evaluation for his injury. So it's either going to be Lauren Bourseois, um in net, or they're going to start a guy that has not even five games of NHL experience. 
And I can already see it now. That guy is going to stonewall the Penguins and make 44 out of 45 saves in a 2-1 to Las Vegas Golden Knights win. Um, hopefully not. Um, but um, that's just happened too many times to the Penguins over the years. And I just, I, I do not need to see it happen again. Overall, underlying numbers-wise, with the Vegas Golden Knights, if I can find them here on Money Puck, um, 52% of the expected goals, 52% of the actual goals. Pretty decent, you know, plus 12 goal differential. They've been on the ice for 52% of the shot attempts at even strength. So, you know, not bad numbers. Um, goals, I mean, I'm just looking. Their shooting, I'm looking at their shooting percentage. It's not really that high, only shooting 8% on shots on goal. Um, that's, you know, there's definitely, you know, been, I think, some unlucky stuff with Vegas. Um, save percentage on shots on goal, 9-15 overall goaltending. So, I mean, that's right around league average. Um, that's, you know, pr- pretty decent, I guess, to say the least. I know if Leonard was having a better year, that would probably be up to 920, 921 or something like that. Goals for per 62.62, goals against per 62.37. This is, you know, still a team that's pretty decent defensively. And, you know, even without Mark Stone, this is still a deep team. Their top line of Max Pacioretty, Jack Eichel, and Jonathan Marcher. So that means no introduction. Those three players are three of the best players in the NHL. Um, I'll say that right now. I mean, I, I love watching Jack Eichel play. I'm happy that he's back healthy. Max Pacioretty is always underrated. Jonathan Marcheseau has been great since coming over to Vegas. Their second line has Evgeny Dadnov and William Carlson. It is always interesting to see, you know, the Carlson um, with Marcheseau line a little split up, but also, you know, Riley Smith um, has been banged up a lot this season, so he has not been able to play much. Um, Chandler Stevenson anchors the third line with uh, William Carrier, and then, their fourth line has a bunch of players that I've honestly never even heard of. It, it is not often that I can look at a team just because, you know, of how much I follow the league and say, okay, I've never heard of some of these guys. Well, Vegas's fourth line has three players that I'm, I'm pretty sure are AHL call-ups. Defensively, um, it is awesome that they can roll out Alex Petrangelo and Shea Theodore. Um, they, are, they are that good. Um, both number one defensemen. Um, they can play them on their own pairings too, which is, I'm glad they're doing that. If you were to pair them together, it doesn't make their defense, I think, as formidable. Um, you know, there's all, obviously Zach Whiteclouds up there. You know, Hutton is still there. Um, but, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that they've also been missing Martinez this year for a little bit. Um, you know, this, is, this has been a Vegas team that's been decimated by injuries. And obviously a lot of Penguins fans can, you know, you know sympathize for that. Um, but I just, it is pretty crazy that, you know, they're, they're missing quite a few pretty good players, um, this year, but overall, you know, for, um, the Penguins to win this game, you know, they, they got to start out better. You know, they can't have a bad 20 minutes like they did, um, against Florida. It's just, you know, that that's, that's the bottom line there. They've been starting out a lot of games pretty badly at home. And I I remember, and excuse me, you know, going back to the Alec Martinez thing a little bit, um, yeah, he, he's been banged up for the last three months, actually. Um, he had a facial assertion on November 11th, then he tested positive. Um, he's been practicing, but, you know, he, he still honestly has not um, been playing. I mean, this was at least, um, I think, a couple of weeks ago um, that I saw, but, you know, he, he still remains out um, right now. He was, he was not in the lineup, um, if I can recall um, to, yeah, tonight at least, you know, he was, he was not playing anyways, going back to the keys of the penguins, you know, got to start out better, got a four check hard. The vibe check has to be there. They can't afford to go, you know, down two or three goals again. I know they did it one time 
against Vegas. But, you know, this is a team that can make you pay in transition as well. The Penguins team defense has to be there. Tristan Jari has to be a bit better than he was on Tuesday against Florida. Um, this is a big game for the Penguins. Um, you know, they're almost to this, uh, they're towards the end of this stretch against some of the best teams in the league. But, you know, the Rangers, they're getting blown out tonight. Last I checked, it was six to one against the St. Louis Blues. And that, this is what's just stark in the net. So the opportunity is there for the Penguins tonight, um, not tonight, tomorrow night, to go two points up on the Rangers. The Capitals are also starting to close the door a little bit. They're five points back right now. This team needs, they need to continue to bank points. Um, you know, with how Vegas has played lately. Um, and, you know, you take a look at the standings. Um, it, it's pretty crazy that they, they've been, they were in first place for a lot um, of this year, but right now they're only in third. They're seven points behind the Calgary Flames. Heck, the Edmonton Oilers are only two points behind them for third place. The Knights are only two points out also of being out of the playoff spot. That's how crazy it's been um, in Vegas this year. So um, very winnable game for Pittsburgh, but again, got to start better, got to be better in transition, team defense, goaltending, special teams, of course, Vegas can you know, put out a very good five-man unit. You know, I know a lot of these are just, you know, regular old cliches, but, you know, this is this is a big game, I think, for Pittsburgh. And, you know, hopefully to snap this little home skid that they're on as well. So there's a little bit of a preview for what to expect on um, Friday against the Vegas Golden Knights, looking at their underlying numbers. Um, Goaltending-wise, you know, the Penguins obviously will have a huge advantage with that. Um, but, you know, definitely excited to see what happens um, they were at that game. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to go into some Chris Letang contract talks and why I think, you know, we hopefully could be getting closer to a resolution than some others may think. So look for that coming up here in the next segment. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So Frank Cervelli of Daily Faceoff went on icebreakers today. And he provided an update on where contract talks stand with the Penguins' best defenseman. And he said that he has heard that Chris Letang's agent is asking for five years and a number that starts with seven. Okay. If that is the ask, I understand that the team doesn't want to do five years because he is 35 and that would take him to when he is 40, potentially turning 41. But at the end of the day, do those last two years even matter? No, right? I mean, I, I mean, I think for all of you that listen to the show, I, I think you would agree with me that those two years, I don't think anyone really cares. The team is probably going to be out of contention at that point. They're going to start to ha- have to really rebuild. But for as long as you have these three playing at an elite level, you owe it to them the organization, and the fans to go all in with this core group. I know they have given everything to this team, especially Chris Letang. But at the end of the day, that is really not a bad ask. Um, Sarah Lilly also was reporting that the Penguins, they want to do a lower turn, maybe two to three years, but a higher AAV. So I put out on Twitter today, maybe, hey, three years times eight. I would be curious to see if Tanger would take that. Um, I know it's a bit shorter on the term, but that still takes him to when he's 38, turning 39. I'm not sure if if Latang is going to want to play after that anyway. 
but that's still a pretty good deal for both sides. For the Penguins, I think, they get the shorter term for Latang. He gets a nice raise on his contract, and rightfully so. He definitely, I think, deserves one. But if also, if they were to do, you know, five times 7.5 or, you know, five times 7.8, five times 8 even, I don't really think I would be that upset because, you know, Latang has just been rock solid this year. He was also great last year as well. And, you know, the team I think is still going to be contending for at least three of those five years, in my opinion. At least that's what I think Ron Hextall and Brian Burke should do. I understand the cores, you know, they're only getting older. But, you know, this has still been a really competitive team this year um, in a season where, you know, I think a lot of fans didn't really know what to expect, you know, with the Penguins, to say the least. So I do think that that, how do I want to say this? Um, for Cerebelli's reporting, it's not as bad as I originally thought it was going to be. I thought Latang would be asking for like 8.5 to maybe even more. But the fact that it's five years and the number that starts at seven, um, I definitely think Ron Hextall can work something out with that. Um, you know, Cerebelli also said they haven't, there haven't been too many talks yet. There's still, you know, a lot of the season to go. The playoffs, obviously, I'm sure the talks are going to heat up uh, maybe during that time or a little bit after the playoffs. But at the end of the day, those are that's not a bad ask. And I'm really hoping the organization can make something work because, um, you know, if, if they're going to be cheap and let him walk because they won't go an extra year when, you know, who really gives a damn at the end of that contract anyway? Um, you know, I just, I, I, the last thing I want, again, the organization to be is cheap. You know, I just, you know, that's not how the Penguins have been. I know there's been a new ownership group and all that stuff coming in, but this is a player that they have to keep around at all costs. You do not have a replacement ready for him in-house. Um, I know there's just some free agents available in the offseason, but I also don't trust that they can play at the level that Crystal Tang has these last couple of years. That's for sure. So I wanted to end the show on that note, give my thoughts on that, um, because I really do think that there's a deal to be made here. If they have to do five times seven something, um, five times eight, or you know, my suggestion of you know maybe a shorter term, three times eight, um, you know, I see those as wins for the Penguins. Um, at least in my opinion. Again, I know the five years is probably a bit too long, but if you can get him for a salary that's seven, and you know, even if the final two years are not the greatest, um, at the end of the day, you know, who really cares? In my opinion. But that'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I appreciate all of you listening to this one. I'll be back on Friday for a full game recap episode for the Penguins versus the Knights, and we'll also look ahead to Sunday's massive matchup against the Carolina Hurricanes. So. Thank you all for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful Thursday. I'm sure you all will be listening to this on Friday since I'm recording this a little bit later at night. And I'll be back with you in just a few hours on Friday evening.